You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, produced by the Pack Daddy, Brian Schlipp, and I am your host, J.J. Leahy. You can follow me on Twitter at J.J. Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to submit questions, and I do have a couple questions today. We'll get to those later on in the show. All right, first up, the Packers have until 4 p.m. today to franchise tag Aaron Jones. I'm recording this at 3 p.m. Eastern right now, and it looks like the Packers are not going to do so, but we have to wait and see. By the way, the way the non-exclusive franchise tag works, which is what you'd be giving to Aaron Jones, you take the average of the five largest prior year salaries for players at the position of running back here, you divide that average by what the salary cap was for those years and multiply it by what the salary cap would be for this year. And since we don't know the salary cap this year, this franchise tag is a little bit guesswork. At that point, Aaron Jones could actually go negotiate a contract with a different team. But if that were to happen, the Packers would be awarded two first round draft picks. The benefit for Aaron Jones here is that in this case, he would be paid no less than the franchise tag amount which right now for this year looks to be between 8 and $11 million. The benefit for the Packers is that if they believe that Aaron Jones' value is higher than that and they are willing to pay at least 8 to $11 million, they could franchise tag him and either retain him for that price or collect the two draft picks. However, if you want my opinion, I do not think the Packers are going to franchise tag Jones. Gudikins did say last week that they have not ruled the possibility out, but it just does not seem likely to me that the Packers are willing to spend that kind of money at the position of running back this year. However, they reportedly did offer him a contract back in November that would be somewhere in the ballpark of this amount, so if their plans haven't changed at all, maybe they do go ahead and tag him. Wide receiver Devin Funchess, who opted out of the 2020 NFL season due to COVID concerns, has agreed to a pay cut of nearly $750,000 to remain a Packer for the 2021 season. So a couple things here. First, this means Funches will probably make the 90-man roster at the beginning of training camp, but we don't know if he will make the final 53-man roster. Let's set our expectations here. Devin Funches is not an amazing wide receiver. He's actually an extremely similar player to Geronimo Allison, right down to all the drop passes. So set your expectations around there. If he can show something in training camp and contribute, good news. It's unclear, though, how much this pay cut is actually going to affect the Packers' salary cap. Here's why. According to Ken Ingles on Twitter, his salary can only drop $210,000 from the $1.25 million in his contract before he hits the veteran minimum. He also has $250,000 of pregame bonuses and a $50,000 workout bonus that can be eliminated as well. He has another $1 million signing bonus, but that money is already in his pocket and merely just counts against the cap for the 2021 season. Did he pay some of that signing bonus back? Maybe. Ken notes that cutting Funches outright would have netted the Packers $605,000 of salary cap space, but according to Ian Rappaport, they were able to save $750,000 and keep him. So that is fantastic news. Hopefully soon we'll get more info about how exactly his contract was restructured. Next, Snacks Harrison is reportedly seeking $5 million per year to play this upcoming season. This comes via Green Bay Today on Twitter, 
who says Snacks is open to a reunion, but it has to be at his asking price, and he won't play for less, according to Green Bay Today's source. In the same report, Green Bay Today reports that the Packers will be parting ways with defensive tackle Billy Wynn, the former Bronco who came in midseason and played quite well for the Packers before he was placed on injured reserve late in December. Apparently, the Packers had interest in re-signing him earlier this offseason, but they have since decided to go another route. After this report came out, Billy Wynn himself posted on Instagram a thank you to the Packers, indicating that as far as he knows, his time in Green Bay has come to an end. The report also mentions that the Packers are looking to rebuild the defensive line room this offseason and are doing their due diligence on this year's defensive tackle class, especially during the draft. So we don't know yet what the plan is with Dean Lowry for this offseason, although that news may come as early as later today. But for right now, the only players along the defensive line who are under contract for the season are Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki, if they do in fact move on from Dean Lowry. Some news around the NFL, starting with the NFC North. The Lions are not franchise tagging Kenny Galladay. He will be leaving Detroit and entering free agency. I do not expect the Packers to be interested because Galladay would be very far out of their price range and has also struggled with health concerns for several years. That having been said, this does help the Packers. Galladay is one of the best players on their roster, and their offense takes a noticeable step back every time he is out. We don't know, of course, where he's going to end up, but at least the Packers will not be facing him twice in the regular season in Detroit. The Chicago Bears placed the franchise tag on wide receiver Allen Robinson. That is just shocking. Robinson has for a very long time expressed frustration that the Bears have not been engaging with him about contract talks. Talk about an extremely disgruntled player. To go ahead and just use the franchise tag on him is just surprising. The Minnesota Vikings are releasing veteran kicker Dan Bailey, who did have a rough stretch last year. This saves them $1.7 million against the cap. The Vikings are going to be, for about the billionth year in a row, looking for a new kicker. When talking about edge rushers yesterday, I mentioned that the Steelers seem to be interested in bringing back Bud Dupree. That is not the case. Bud Dupree will be a free agent this year. The Buccaneers did franchise tag Chris Godwin, and the Giants have tagged defensive lineman Leonard Williams. There was not much chance that the Packers would be interested in either of these guys, but they are two names that Packer fans have been floating around for a while. They are off the market now. Another item on the Preston Smith front, Preston is due a $4 million roster bonus on March 19th, which means there is almost no scenario in which a Preston decision is made after March 19th. If that roster bonus is paid out to him, it seems extremely unlikely that he will get cut or traded. Looking at other free agents, the Patriots are not bringing back guard Joe Thune, who made $14.78 million last year. I had a couple questions sent in about Thune. Is there any chance that the Packers would be interested in him? Not at that price point. For $14.7 million, you would just keep Corey Lindsley and keep your offensive line intact. Although Thune is a very good offensive lineman. Lindsley would just obviously be the guy they would rather keep, and he would be less expensive than that. General Manager Brian Gutekunst is attending in-person Northwestern's Pro Day today. Players who will be working out today there include offensive tackle Rashawn Slater and cornerback Greg Newsom. Slater is projected to be a first-round pick. He is likely going to be the second tackle off the board, according to most draft boards. And right now, according to Packernet's NFL Big Board aggregate, Greg Newsom is the 92nd highest-rated player, putting him at roughly the back of the third round. 
Other interesting players would be linebackers Patty Fisher, Blake Gallagher, and Chris Bergen. Patty Fisher is an interesting guy who had a pretty good 2019 season, a pretty bad 2020 season. Right now, he's projected to go in the sixth round, but we'll have to see where he ends up. It's entirely possible that a team like the Packers could like what they see in him and view him as somewhat of a steal. Also in attendance at Northwestern's Pro Day are Rick Spielman, the Vikings general manager, and Mike Mayock, the Raiders general manager. Finally, let's get to a couple of these questions. In regards to Dak Prescott signing his groundbreaking four-year $160 million contract, which makes him the second highest played quarterback in the league, Lana Barton on Twitter asks, Just a quick question, JJ. Do you think Dak deserved to be paid more than Aaron? My personal opinion is no. Well, look, Lana, Dak is a very good quarterback, but he's not a top two quarterback. I think we can all agree on that. The bigger issue is how Dak's new contract is going to hurt the Cowboys in terms of how much they are paying to him as a proportion of their salary cap. Clearly, this will severely limit their ability to sign free agents or extend other players. So if, like me, you look at their current roster and believe that they don't have what it takes to get to the next level and win a playoff game, guess what? They're going to have a very hard time improving that roster. Another question, and I apologize, I actually lost the name of the person who sent this in. Shouldn't the Lions have franchise-tagged Kenny Galladay for a draft pick or at least collect those compensatory draft picks you get if someone else outbids you on a franchise tag? Creative question. I like it. Fortunately, there is already a simpler system in place. You get compensatory picks if a player leaves in free agency, which is what is happening with Kenny. So the Lions don't need to do anything. They will probably get a third or fourth round pick at least, depending on how big of a contract Kenny signs with another team. Continuing with the franchise tag questions, here's one from Alex Roundtree regarding tagging Aaron Jones. Do you know what happens if they tagged him and he doesn't sign it? Yes, if he doesn't sign it, he has to sit out the season. He has until the Tuesday after the Week 10 game to change his mind and decide to go ahead and sign it. You may remember what happened with Le'Veon Bell back in 2018 when he had to sit out for the season. After that, he's done for the year. I again received the question, what happens if the Packers don't get under the salary cap by the March 17th deadline? The Packers do need to figure out a way to free up between 10 and $11 million in the next six days. If they do not do so, number one, they will be fined by the NFL. Also, the contract signed most recently by the Packers and the one that put them over the cap will be voided. Now, the Packers did sign a few players to futures contracts. These are small name practice squad guys, but the big one would be David Bakhtiari. That contract would get voided and the Packers would be fined draft picks. There is absolutely no way that the Packers would let that happen, but it is very surprising that the Packers still have not made any moves outside of restructuring Devin Funchess and moving on from Billy Wynn. By the way, Billy Wynn was a free agent, so moving on from him does not actually free up any cap space. That does it for today. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to packernet.com and join the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been The Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.